I remember I walked up, they, I got invited to like this small group, whatever, at someone's house. And I walked up to the door and I heard them and I got so anxious, I left. And they texted me, they're like, where are you? Never responded. And was, and actually I've never, I've never talked to those people again now that I think about it. So if you're like, if you're that person, if you're those people, don't take it personal. It was, it was her. It was like, yeah. Hi friends, it's Brittany Moses here, and you are listening to the Faith and Mental Wellness Podcast. This podcast is a spinoff of my blog, BrittanyAMoses.com, where I talk about the intersection of faith and mental health and how that applies to our everyday lives. You're listening to episode six. So today on the podcast, I'm so excited because I have two guests who are also dear friends of mine. Yay! Um, You know, for 2019, I was just really thinking about how I want to open up the podcast to be more of a conversation, to have real, raw, and authentic conversations surrounding faith and mental health. So starting in kicking that off, I have Christina and Rachel and um, Christina runs the DTR blog. If you guys are not already following on Instagram, she is hilarious. She so creates funny. Christian memes. <laughs> and uh, Rachel also has an organization out here called Beloved Beauty LA. And she's going to talk about that real quickly. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves first before we dive into this conversation that I have planned for us. So my name is Christina. And yes, I do run the DTR blog. It is a comedic Instagram where I write jokes about today's Christian walk, um, especially in relationships and dating. And I actually have a blog too. It's uh, where I'm more serious because I talk about defining the relationship with God, with yourself and with others and what that means and how to communicate with God and yourself and check in, stuff like that. But yeah, I love writing jokes especially in dating, and I really enjoy it. People uh, seem to relate, so yeah, we have fun on there. And she's hilarious, and she has a great way of kind of posting what we're all yes, what we're all thinking. Yes, you say what we're all going through. I'm yeah. like, is anyone else thinking what I'm thinking? So funny. Seems to be. I love it. I love it. And then Rachel. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited yeah. to be here. Um, my name's Rachel, and I am starting a nonprofit that's called Beloved Beauty, and we work with women coming out of sex trafficking. So they're usually – we partner with other nonprofits that they're in a recovery program. They've gotten out. They're wanting to start their new lives, and we get them licensed in cosmetology. It's my way of trying to bridge them starting a new life and the everyday average woman that wants to support these women. So yeah, It's yeah. amazing. Yes. I got two awesome women here doing awesome things. Uh, and so you guys don't know the title of today's show. No. So we're dying. I'm, dying. I'm just we're kind dying. of throwing you into it. And the reason why is because I know that in our, in our private time, we've talked about this. And I know that I'm sure that this is something that others are struggling with. I've gotten emails about it. I've gotten messages about it. And so the title of today's episode is when you're obsessed with what people think about you. Ooh, Ooh that's so good. Yeah. Ugh, that's really hard. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. Because if you're anything like me, I'm an overthinker by nature. Yes. And I also, like, I've always been interested in human behavior mm-hmm. and human just uh, cognition. Right. And obviously, I went back to school for clinical psychology. That's, like, what I'm doing now. 
but there's this double-edged sword to it. It can turn quickly into just fear and stagnation because you are constantly worried about what others will think. And so the first thing, there are five things that I wanted to lay out, first of all, for this conversation, uh, just to kind of set the direction. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was the social media world Mm -hmm. because that has created a type of social anxiety that did not exist Mm -hmm. a few years ago. Now, you know, now the ordinary person's life is open. Um, for the world to see and uh, perceive, you know, obviously, I guess, or compare all of that. And the second one is social phobia. So this is in the real world going into situations or new Mm -hmm. situations in public settings Mm -hmm. where you have a fear of you know, going to, I know some people have mentioned they have a fear of going to church, Yeah, a new church or just meeting people, having a hard time meeting people because there's this huge social phobia. Mm -hmm. Um, the third thing I want to talk about is the Christian image. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot of social anxiety there, uh, for those who are maybe in the spotlight or who have some type of influence on the outside you know, mm-hmm. on public who are in the Christian world of trying to be an example, mm-hmm. but also be authentic at the same time. And yeah, that right. whole dichotomy. And then uh, just the real root of what these fears are and where they come from. And then the fifth point of some solutions to help us grow, show up for our lives and cope through these anxieties. So I know that's a lot. Let's do it. <laughs> but we're going to do it. So starting with the first one of social media. Yes. And Christina, you are on social media and you started off with your meme page Mm -hmm. um, where it was just your memes and your thoughts. And lately you've kind of come out more as far as showing your personality Mm -hmm. and sharing more personal things. I mean, very personal things. Which I love. Right? (laughs) On your account and even just showing your face more. And I remember us talking about kind of the fear of that vulnerability of showing up in that way. For starters, I'd love for you to kind of talk about maybe how that journey for you has been because I'm sure there are others who are listening who just – don't know. Yeah. Feel called to share a message mm-hmm. or share things or share their mission, maybe online, but mm-hmm. there's this fear of showing up. Yeah. Well, it's scary because you're putting content out, and especially in the Christian world, I think that it can feel scarier because you don't want to be judged. Yeah. And you don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong mm-hmm. thing. Um, right. And so that fear of what other people think very much comes into play. I started off anonymously, so nobody knew who I was, and I would post content, jokes, funny lists, and words of encouragement, Um, but it was a lot easier because nobody knew who I was, and then as Mm -hmm. I gained momentum, I would write on my blog, and, and the blog wasn't, the actual blog wasn't anonymous. I would write, and I would, it would be me, but it was... Um, really good because I learned my voice and I learned to be more confident. In the beginning, I was so scared of what people thought. And as I wrote, I became very Mm. confident in my voice and what I was writing. And I didn't care what people thought. And I was like, this is what I have to say. And I hope it's encouraging someone. So then on Instagram, people really wanted to know who I was. And I felt this thing in me that was like, I really 
I really would love to share who I am. So I started off slow. I remember my first little like Instagram live and I was like so terrified. And Instagram I was like, live, the Instagram live fear is real for a lot of people. It's real because oh, it's yeah. a lot, you know. I know it sounds like first world problems. It, it is, so very much, much. <laughs> very much. But you're but like, it's, a real it's fear. unedited. It's a real fear and I think it's important to talk about yeah. those fears because they exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, and so I just, I felt vulnerable, but people loved it. And I, I realized my brand specifically is a lot about being unfiltered and authentic. Mm-hmm. And so if I am writing that I have to live that and I think that that's what people like because you're being honest and you're not (laughs) perfect but you're like well I want to look good because I'm single so I don't know who's watching you know what I mean like you gotta that's real yeah it's real (laughs) yeah yeah so you're starting Rachel to come out more with your brand online Um, how do you, how do you feel about that whole process? For me, it's been, I was, I was in the entertainment world for about eight years. And so it was all about like, you have to be active and on social media and doing it. And so it was one of those things that it's not unfamiliar to me. And I am kind of just the personality, which you guys know that Mm -hmm. I just tell people my lives. Like just that, like I just open up and I'm like, Oh, this is what's going on. But what I came against was kind of what you were talking about of being judged um, that's the real fear. Yeah. Like yeah. I am very raw and just kind of who I am, but there was this judgment of people being like, look at Rachel trying to be this or trying to be that. Mm-hmm. Or even when I've become more bold in speaking out about sex trafficking and the porn industry and all of these worlds, like it's, it's a worry of going, is this too much? Or like, Within the Christian world, too, of, like, I don't want to say I'm desensitized, but I'm definitely, you know, after doing strip club ministry and all of that, like, it's very normal for me to discuss about these things. And I think some people, there's, like, the shock factor almost. And so finding that balance and the insecurity of, like, well, I'm not an influencer and I'm my nonprofit isn't massive and huge and known yet. And so people are, like, what is she trying to do? Like, Mm. more of an insecurity of not being enough, I think. Mm. I I don't think think anyone is saying that, though. You know, I don't think anyone is saying, what is she trying to do? No, but when it comes to yourself, when it comes to yourself, you know, there's definitely that uh, imposter syndrome, exactly, which is, you know, this idea of, you know, you're maybe convincing the world of yourself, you know, and um, really qualified to be saying or doing doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, And so, so it's been for me like integrating both of those of like continuing to be who I am and my nonprofit of like, cause there's also been fears too of like, Oh, should I be more professional and have more of a like curated, like Instagram, not just all families of my massive obnoxious family. And so <laughs> just owning my own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You yeah. do such a good job of that. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that creates social anxiety, just overthinking yeah. situations. And a one way that I learned to overcome that was to go into situations without an expectation Ooh, was like to that. just go in and don't expect anything you know don't try to curate in your head how things should go where you want them to go ahead of time I just just be that. open right just go into it and a lot of times those situations turned out 10 times better more raw authentic powerful meaningful so than Anything that I'm overthinking. Right. And overthinking yeah. is just a desperate grasp at control. control. That's what yeah. I was you're just going to say. Is yeah, like, you're trying I'm more to control. of a control freak yeah. and a planner. And... But then when yes. you're 
when you are just going into it with no expectations and you are yeah. yourself, you feel better because yeah. because you're you mm-hmm. and you're le- even if the situation doesn't end the way that you wanted or right. whatever, you're it's so you're so much more content because you were like, well, that yeah. was just me. So you know, right. instead of trying to control reactions or whatever. Speaking of control, and going back to our first point of social media. Um, I, there definitely, I've seen this aspect of since social media can be curated, right? Mm -hmm. It can be these highlight reels and whatnot. You can control how you want people to see you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, have you guys ever struggled with just that dichotomy of feeling the need to control how people perceive you on online and drawing, you know, drawing the balance with that because Mm -hmm. that's, that's too much. Well, social media, people curate what they want others to see, yeah. but all they want is to be known and to be accepted for yeah. right. being known for who they are. So it when, when I, my Instagram is mm-hmm. easier because it's just content. Right. And then when I started to introduce photos of myself, that's when I started to get insecure mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I wanted to look pretty. And I wanted to look cool and unfiltered, but pretty. Like, you know, yeah. all these things, right? I'm not trying, but I'm, I'm actually not trying, trying, but I'm trying. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the look of effortlessly yeah. trying. Yeah, effortlessly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like but sitting there. But you're trying there. to you're trying to look effortless. Right. And I'm sitting there and I try to take a photo with a self-timer thing. And I like go outside and I try to like hook up my self-timer mm-hmm. thing to something. And I like have the clicky and I'm trying to take a photo and I'm doing all this and then I post it. Like no one knows what you do behind the scenes yeah. and it's comical, you know? So then yeah. I was like, well, this is what I did. And people loved it. And so I learned like... You told them about the timer. I told them. That. I said, yeah. well, I'm single. Who else is going to take this photo? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm by myself. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of pressure to be curated. However, I think now people are really tired of that. Yes, they're tired of seeing the curated. They want to know who you really are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think they're really seeing how it affects this generation and our culture. I think... For me, like, I always joke that I'm an elder millennial. Like, mm-hmm. I miss the selfie world, but I know, like, technology and social media. And I really see that I think it's affected our, like, human-to-human interaction. Oh, that everyone's sure. so used to being a highlight reel. I think sometimes people forget that we can be vulnerable and open mm-hmm. and right. that life isn't just a highlighted reel. Right. Well, and what's funny is now people are being vulnerable, but they're being curated vulnerable. Yes. Like, if that makes right. sense. So, like... They'll post the perfect image with seven paragraphs about being vulnerable, but it's like right. very curated still. Right. So and I, I have, do that. I, I do that. So I was like, like so how do we... Well, I have... I was going to say I have mixed feelings about that because, one, I, I don't think that everything is meant for everybody. That's you true. You know, some yes. people will Balance. like get on there and they'll post the photo of them having just had a breakdown with tears running yeah. down their face. And that can I have to admit, bad. I'm not that type of person. Mm-hmm. I I mean, if I'm going through something, like, that's my moment with me and God that I need to work through and process yes. through, you know. Maybe you um, share it later. Maybe, but. you know. And I do believe in this idea of when the wound has healed a bit, yes. sharing your scars, not your wounds mm-hmm. type of thing. No, I think that's everyone so Everyone is wise. different. You know, I've definitely posted like, you know, this is kind of 
what I'm working on or this is what I've been struggling with, Mm -hmm. you know, but like, for example, when I went through, um, when I went through becoming a single mom Mm -hmm. for the first time and when I was younger and I went through divorce, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that whole situation, that was a very fresh wound at the room at the time. Yeah. And for me to, while I mean it was just there was so much I needed to process there was so much perspective I still needed to have there was so much um healing that I needed to do of my own uh you know and so I would definitely say I wrote I did write a blog about it um after Mm -hmm. some time had passed Mm -hmm. for me to give some perspective enough to the situation to where I could turn it into a lesson as well yeah you know what I'm saying um, so I so I do yeah. think it's okay. So for me, I do think it's okay to talk about what happened. Yeah, I think there's versus, balance. So there's balance, right? Or, and I, will, I you know, and I and I want to make this clear, and I say this all the time: you don't owe the internet anything. Right. You know when it's so it's, it's it is important, yes, to have accountability. Those are your close friends. Those mm-hmm. are the close people who know you, who you trust, who you can work through things with who can be accountability, you yeah. know what I mean? That's who you work through those things it's, with. But you don't, you know, there was a time where I felt like, oh man, like I should be sharing this or I should be, you know, like for example, when you go through a breakup, you yeah. know, or you've gone through something, it's, it's like you don't, you don't owe the internet so an explanation for what happened and keep it short. You know, this yeah. is what happened right now. I really don't want to go into details and I, you know, I hope that you guys will respect my time and my privacy. Um, but just like you said, just keep me in prayer. That's what I was going to say is that I I think because we're so open and everything is on social media now, we then feel that we need to like justify or just share pain that we're going through because then it's like, Oh, well I'm being real and I'm not just showing. And I think there is balance. Exactly. For me, I have had relationships that were like very active on my Instagram. And so when you kind of stop seeing that person, and I remember that break, and you're like, yes. oh, now and what so do I, I do? I remember I remove all their so photos. I, uh, like, what happened? And then that's when everyone's like, oh my god. And you, you know? have the right to do whatever you choose is best for you. And I just mm-hmm. think, you know, for me, I remember I posted like a picture with my mom hugging me, and it was just kind of a exactly what you said, short of like, hey, so and so and I are not together anymore. Um, this is what I'm working through. This is where my community yeah. has been amazing, and not going into full detail, right? Of, where exactly that you're opening yourself up to possibly not help the wound heal. Right. So good. And just, it's it's real. This is real stuff. You know, it's first, I know it sounds like first world problems, but these things give people actual anxiety. Like even if it seems like, oh, you know, social media is a facade. This is all, you know, at the end of the day, it gives people real anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the idea of just showing up. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to get back to the whole social media thing um, because there are people who maybe feel called to share things or, okay, so for example, I met with a friend for lunch the other day and she shared with me something about like, yeah, I see you on Instagram stories and you just get on and you share things with your video and it's like, I wish I could do that. And I find that a lot of people separate the people into categories of two types of people. Like the people who are kind of confident online and they're, you know, confident in their purpose and their calling and they're getting on there and then the people who aren't and they don't have that confidence or whatever and they're just watchers, Mm. you know. Mm. And I wanted to make it clear, at least for me, that 
there aren't two separate people. I know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. definitely, in the beginning, when it came to showing up just online, because I specifically felt called to talk more about it on this platform. Yeah. You know, online's obviously not the only platform, but, but that's what we're talking right about. Now. It's a big yeah. one. It's exponential if you can, you know, share, communicate your message well. Um, I definitely was one of those people where in the beginning it was just like, Ugh. or I would look at a video like a million times and be like, oh, I don't really, I feel like there's oh, also that's not me or, it, and there's this added pressure because you have all these people watching. Definitely the more that I did it, the more, you know, kind of comfortable I would say I became. Yeah. And I definitely, the more that I focused on my message and the mission mm-hmm. and the purpose, which was the fact that this is actually helping people, the right. less I cared about what people thought about yes. me because it's more about the message. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what would you guys say to people who are like, man, I have this message or this ministry or this idea or passion that I want to share, but I am so scared of showing up. And I just, I don't think I'm one of those people and those people who have that real fear of the social anxiety of just showing up and presenting, Mm -hmm. you know, to the world, to others. Um, my friend, like, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Um, my friend, I was very scared in the beginning. And, um, you know, I had, like, 90 followers on my personal Instagram. Like, I was yeah. I was the person that watched everything. And I was like, well, who am I? No one knows who I am. Like, who am I to be posting anything? That's the question. Who, who, who am, am I? I to be posting Who am I anything? to be doing this? Right. That is the root. Yeah. Your identity. But I felt I really wanted to talk about certain things that I, I saw going on, like in the Christian walk and the Christian faith. Um, and in my life, uh, you know, uh, we connected because Mm -hmm. I, I would talk about depression or anxiety or things, things that were really going on. And I felt like I really wanted to do that, but I didn't know how. So my friend told me, she said, social media is a great tool to share creative things, creative outlet, like photos, videos, content. And if you keep it in your head like that, Mm -hmm. the imposter syndrome goes away because you are just looking at it as a space to share creative content that hopefully people, someone will connect with. And if they don't, that's fine, but you're able to share it, you know, your people. Yeah. It's okay. So, um, I, you, I think that you start small, just, just like with one little mm-hmm. thing and see what you like to post, what you don't like to post. I never thought I'd be posting jokes. Like <laughs> that is like so weird and crazy. And that was part of my healing process of writing on the internet. And then people would say, Oh, like you're kind of funny. And then <laughs> you're kind of funny. Yeah. And then I she's was hilarious. like, she's hilarious. No, but she's I swear I never knew that I had that in me. Right. And that's, that, the that's what was cool. So yeah. if you yeah. start, you, you know, you're, you do it for yourself, then you, you to see, overcome your yeah, fear. Yeah. I love, I yeah. love the idea of, cause it's true. It's the more that you do something and yes. the more that you step out and act on it, the more you see what you're capable of, mm-hmm. but you don't, you won't know what you're capable of if and you don't it. ever step out, if you right. don't ever try it. That is where, and that's, what's hard about showing up. You learn 
as you go. So, you yeah. learn as you show up. It's kind of like you learn to swim by swimming. Yes. You know, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I, and that's what's hard because there's an inevitable vulnerability that you're just going to have to try push through yeah. as you're doing yeah. it. You can't plan and the I, whole thing. You can't I plan also it. would like yeah. to encourage that, like, you know, take the step to do it. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now you know, mm-hmm. okay, this does not come naturally to me. This is, <laughs> And if it's something that you're like, okay, I want to push through and I want it to become natural or more naturally, exactly what you're saying, it got easier it. and easier. But I yeah. think so often we get lost in social media and allow it to have the power to run us. And it's exactly yes. what you said is that it's not. We don't owe it anything. It's, it doesn't run us. It's a tool. For me, my stories are so sporadic. Like sometimes I'm posting <laughs> yeah. every step of my life and then you won't hear from me for like two weeks because my life got really busy and I don't, and I, Which is and I do I have those thoughts where I'm like, I need to post. I haven't posted something. And it's like, no, 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 I don't. Mm-hmm. If I don't post, there's nothing wrong with that. And yep. I think exactly what you said of that, you won't know until you step into that vulnerability mm-hmm. that it's like any other calling in your life yeah. that I feel that God will either really show up and go, I've given you this gift, it's in there, and you just have to hone it, or it's right. like, okay, no, this is not it, and let me see if it's maybe in a different area. Mm-hmm. Right, if, if communicating in a different form. Yeah, like writing and yeah. things like that. I think yeah. everyone feels that they have to, like, if they blog, they have to have, like, a curated Instagram. Right. No, and it's like, no. It's like we sometimes are told in order to get to where we want to go, you need to do all these things. You need to have a platform. Mm -hmm. You need to have multiple platforms. You need to have, and so you feel this pressure and then that's, that's where it all starts to crumble and, and you get anxiety, you know? Because you're, because you're doing things and that, this was the switch for me, right? When you start doing things to win the approval of man versus for your mission. We serve us like a sovereign God. And I think all of it is in his hands. Like, right. you know, how many stories do you hear that? It's like, Oh, one thing I posted in it, it took off and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't think that means like we sit back and do nothing. And it's like, okay, God, just make it happen out of thin air. But <laughs> at the same time being proactive, but at the same time knowing that he's got control of this. If right. he wants to place you, I always tell you this, Christina, that I'm like, mm-hmm. it's his platform that he's going to give you. Right. And no one can take that away from you. Right. Who he wants you to reach out to and touch and inspire. He, everything is his. It's right. given to us. It's taken from us. And so I think it's really releasing in that sense. Like for me, that truthfully, right. this nonprofit has been fun. about a two or three year process. And the first year was just me reading all these books on understanding mm-hmm. it. Cause I'm like, I'm homeschooled and I have an acting degree. <laughs> like, I'm like, am I your girl? Lord? Yeah. Like really? But just taking the pressure off of that. My personality would be like, this should be up and running and we should have this and we should have this going on and God's going, but it's in my timing. Mm-hmm. It, it's all mine. You okay. just keep going through the steps yeah. mm-hmm. and I will, I'll open doors. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I think it's Galatians. Paul says like, I am not trying to win the approval of man, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. cause then I wouldn't be a servant of Christ, mm-hmm. you know? And you know, it's like when you, anytime you stand for something, you're going to get like, you're going to oh, get, always there's pushback. always pushback. And so it's some okay. people are not going to like what you're doing. Some people are not going to agree with what you're mm-hmm. doing. Some people are not going to jive with your personality mm-hmm. or how you do it. That's okay. Just those aren't your people. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's God always going to be bring, people like that. You know, exactly. But then there are the people who do support you. Like, it's funny now. Yeah. People will comment and some people will take the posts that I write serious literally way literally. too serious and they're like they're memes they're, they're jokes. jokes right yeah. but like the funny <laughs> thing is jokes. in the christian world sometimes with satire you don't 
It's borderline. You don't know people. what's satire and what's real, kind of. Like, that's the joke behind yeah, it's it. Like, but it's a it's a joke, you know? But what's joke, great people. is I don't have to say anything anymore because other people will <laughs> yeah, now be like, amazing. bro, it's that. a joke. Or, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But in the beginning, you're it's kind hard. of fighting for yourself. You're yeah. Like, you're, because people, they're, they don't trust you yet. Yeah. Sometimes in the beginning. you it And... But it's really good to learn not to care what they think. In the beginning, it you was have harder. To, you just have to keep showing. Yeah. And also people had a lot of more back opinions. Back to our identity. Like, I feel like so That's much of our is. identity is in social media. But yeah. the bottom line is that it's in Christ. And yeah. so as long as your conscience is clear, mm-hmm. you're like, God, we're good. Did I offend you on that one? Okay, mm-hmm. we're good. I've checked mm-hmm. with some close people. Mm-hmm. Then great. I think right. for me, like, it's just like, your foundation needs to be so, and I would encourage yes. people that, you know, before you put yourself out there and choose to really have a voice, make sure your foundation is firm with who you are in Christ because it, it's, people are mean. These Once days. you start and, opening up. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's, even if you are, your foundation's good, it's still hard. It's, it's like, so oh, hard. I'm a little, Either like, yeah. for me, pushback that I've gotten is like, with my nonprofit of like, why cosmetology? Like, why can't they be doctors? What if they want to be doctors? Mm. And I'm like, listen, great. That's awesome. And there's this nonprofit called Saving Innocence. For that. Yeah. And Treasures. And like, they can offer them I'm scholarships. But for me and my yeah. girls, like, I really felt that a cosmetology degree is attainable and exciting for them. Yeah, right. But it was right. really hard that I'm like, well, are we downplaying it? And it's like, no, because Lord, this is the area you've called me to. And I know that there's another great nonprofit or people that you've called to do that area exactly and but if I wasn't sound in knowing like this is where you've called me I would have been like oh my gosh maybe we need to revamp and do yeah. all of it and just be like scholarships right. I start like you can like I remember there was I was going through a, like a hard time and I was like maybe I'm not supposed to be posting funny things maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm and but then I and found so, yeah. as I'm journaling because I journal a lot I write a lot I process through writing and it's just it. part of my process yeah well Thank you guys so much for sharing on the social media aspect. I just, it's, it's an, it's a new dynamic that's in our culture that didn't exist before. And so it's brought on a different type of anxiety for people Mm -hmm. that didn't exist before. So I just, with all things faith and mental health, I think it's good to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like Rachel said, what gets so quickly intertwined is our identity you know, how people perceive us and overthinking things. Um, so the next point was social anxiety and social phobia. So this is, so let's get into more of going into real life situations where you maybe um, have to perform in some way or just maybe you're trying to, I don't know, like uh, get involved in community more. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who struggle with withdrawal and isolation and have a hard time meeting people. That's huge. And thing. that fear yeah. of going into community and you don't know anyone. But there's this dissonance between what you need and what you fear the most, and that's connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so just talking about that. Uh, I know for me, for example, oh my gosh, public speaking. I think that is an, like in general the numbers, the second biggest fear right after, like, death. I would not expect that from you at all. Okay, I'm so, so shocked. Yeah, so I, I'm okay with public speaking right now, but it's, it can be hard for me because I'm a perfectionist. Same. And I'm used to writing. Like, I'm very yeah. much of a writer. So when you're writing, you can edit things, you can phrase it the way you like, mm-hmm. you can think about it before you do it. Mm-hmm. With public speaking, it's it's all like, it's, it's all there. there. You can't take those words back once mm-hmm. you've said it. 
Um, you know, people are seeing you head to toe expressions, movements, you're just all out, right? You're Mm -hmm. just completely exposed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things, public speaking, where the more you do it, the more comfortable comfortable you get. And I have a hard time even saying comfortable because I don't think public speaking is ever totally (laughs) comfortable. But the more I think confident you feel in yourself, obviously the more that you prepare. um, But that's public speaking. Um, But I do know that there are a number of people on here who probably want to do more public speaking. Mm -hmm. But even just on the, you know, average level of going into social situations. Yeah. Yeah. what what would you guys say to that? I think we've all had some level of social anxiety mm-hmm. um, stepping into these spaces uh, where you have to show up. I feel like this is huge. Because okay. I just want to lay real quick too, this literally impairs some people. Like yes. I know for some people, yeah. they cannot go to I church on because, medication right. because they can't like function. Yeah. In social situations. Yes. I had a... Right. So... When I was severely depressed, I had to move in with my dad. And it was after my mom passed away. And I became a shell of my personality. Like, now I'm very, like, open, uh, open whatever. Yeah. But at the time, I was so depressed that I would have, like, panic attacks or, like, wanted to just sob at the drop of a hat. Like, I couldn't control, like, this grieving, you know? Right. So I, I wanted to find a new church because I was in a new place. And for me, I remember I walked up, they, I got invited to like this small group, whatever at someone's house. And I walked up to the door and I heard them and I got so anxious. I left and they texted me. They're like, where are you? Never responded. And was, and actually I've never, I've never talked to those people again now that I think about it. So if you're listening, if you're that person, if you're those people, don't take it personal. It was, it was was her. It was like, yeah, I don't think like, yeah. But like, but so then what's interesting is I had someone, um, invite me to church and I hadn't, I couldn't, had a hard time trying to find a church. So I went to the church and I walked in and this girl came up right to me and was like, hi, are you new? And I was like, hi, yeah, I'm Christina. And she's like, great. You can sit with me. Literally sits me in the second row. And Uh I'm like, I would have snuck in the back, you know, sat there, not met anyone, (laughs) been fine, whatever. And then she's like, I have a small group on Tuesday. Do you want to come? And I, so I was like, uh, sure. On that Tuesday, I remember I had like a panic attack and was like not in a good place. And she called me and she's like, I really want you to come. So I went and from there, that was like my healing process. Then I I love love the small groups. Like I love them so much. And I I love love people like like, that. Yeah. And it really... And I've never regretted putting myself out there. And I think ever right. And I think if you sense. think in your head, like, okay, this feels scary, but I will not regret it. Yeah. Like it right. helps you maybe get over the hump of like the fear, the extreme yes. anxiety that you can get. Yeah. You know? What was great was you had accountability with yes. this girl. And mm-hmm. I feel like it was the same thing for me when I was having an extreme episode of anxiety and depression some years ago. I had a hard time um just getting back involved in community. Yes. Um, and what happened was I, and I've shared this on the podcast before, I actually text a girlfriend and I said, look, it is my goal to get more involved in community, to be more involved in my church. 
And so I'm going to go to, you know, celebrate recovery. Or I'm going to go to this event. It's on this day at this time. Mm. Why don't you go ahead and text me? Yeah. You know, and is it something you could hold me accountable to is what I asked her to make sure that I'm continuously going. So she put it in her calendar, the event, and then she would text me and be like, hey, how was, you know, celebrate recovery or how was this? And I could be like, oh, and I'd be like, oh, it was great. It was this, you know, and even reflecting on how helpful it was Mm -hmm. gave me the, you know, inspired me with the proactivity to keep going. So it, it is good to have a person to walk through what feels like such yeah. a lonely and scary yeah, process at the time to yeah. help keep you accountable. Okay, I have, so a couple things, because like going along with that, but then also before to what you were saying is that I feel like this is really huge in today's time because yeah. it's a lot harder to meet people because we're all looking into our phones. Mm-hmm. Like I feel True. like in the past we weren't as attached to our phones and so people were, their heads were up, you're around, you make eye contact, it's like, hi, like it's just yeah. easier to start conversation. Um but along with what you were saying of like also to our extroverts out there, if whoever the girl was with you, like be more like I was gonna that. Say, like, be yeah. that let's person. really encourage that yeah. because being extroverted like just comes naturally and like just see someone that isn't talking to anyone and realizing it. And I think connecting with that, a big thing that's helped me is really remembering that I'm like, everyone is insecure and overthinking. So like, everyone. when I'm feeling like, I don't want to be weird and just walk up. I'm just like, remember that they're dealing with something because yeah. their crush is over there and they're insecure about this and this person that they're not sure if they're friends with. So I'm like, right. just, just dive in. And I love the Everyone idea. is awkward at church, man. Oh, yeah. oh, that lobby is so awkward. And being, being, um, just like submersing yourself. Like, yeah. I love the idea of accountability or if you get super lucky like Christina where you get this amazing chick that was like, we're doing this, but just taking the step to dive in. Like for yeah. me when I was like, okay, I want to get involved. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. And I remember I was really struggling because I would do like, you would sit in the back and then I leave afterwards because you feel awkward. You don't want to just stand there with your purse, not talking to anyone. And then you're looking at your phone the yes. whole time because yeah. no one will talk to you. Connect. And then it's like nobody's talking to you because you're on if your If you're phone. nervous, you're like, okay, I'm just going to look at Instagram. And you look but, like very unapproachable. Yes. I will say like yeah, then it, people are, yes. some people used to be like, you give off like before I met you, I thought, oh, sh- oh you're I get kind of like same. a rude or mean or whatever. And then I met you and realized you don't have a serious like bone in your body. Yeah. Like someone said that to me and I was yeah. like, I have a natural frown. I can't help it. You know, you're like, the, I have an intense the, jawline. The, the resting face. The resting face. Well, like, yeah. no, I want to say like, of just diving in, like taking yeah. the jump for yourself of like, whether it's just being like, where's the volunteer sign up table? Like, I'm just going to help out because there's easy, like one. for me, I always yeah. encourage people that I'm like, get involved somewhere mm-hmm. where people are doing stuff because it's an easy way to meet one or two people mm-hmm. so that when you mm-hmm. show up, you find that person you volunteered mm-hmm. with and you can have small talk with them. They'll introduce, like, it's just the, the, yeah. <laughs> But the, what's funny is the way I met you is you were that person Was for I me because really? I went to the birthday party. I went to someone's go, uh, birthday yeah, party in another so happy. in Ojai and I didn't know anybody and there's like 30 people and I just yeah. was like, I got to meet people. I don't know yeah. anyone. And, and Rachel was like, hi, I how was your beds? And I was like, I remember I this. I was Instagramming. That. I was yeah. like, look at this awesome house, y'all. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I don't know her, but this is fun. Like, I think know? I just randomly started putting you in my video. I was yeah. like, hi, what's your name? Tell your name. And I was like, Hello. That's so I funny. It's that. nice when people, yeah. I definitely feel like I've been both. Yeah. I've had, I've definitely been that person where, 
I, th- I think we all, well, yeah. I won't say all, um, but at least a lot of people I know, you where you've been on both sides both of the spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah, because I've definitely been or not. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely been in a situation where I reached out to the person and was like, hey, what's going on? Let's grab coffee, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. How are you? And following up. And they have told me, I never would have done this if you wouldn't have reached out because yeah. I'm not that person. But yeah. I've also been the person the who was side. in a new situation where, like you, I had a friend who was like, hey, and they kind of hung around with me when I didn't know anybody and started introducing me to people. Mm-hmm. And just remembering that everyone's people. been there. Everyone has been there. That when you feel yeah. awkward, like, go up and be like, hi, I'm new. Like, there will be that one person that's going to be like, oh, I've been there, girl. Come here, let me introduce you. But isn't that crazy? It's like the what you've struggled in, then you end up helping someone. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know how, now I'm laughing. I joined joined the hosting team, like, the second day. (laughs) I love it. And then I'm standing there, and I'm like, I don't know anyone. No one on this hosting team knows who I am. And I'm like, welcome, you know? And like, everyone's like, who is this chick? And I'm like... Hello, come, please. But did you meet so many people? I met so many people. Yes, that was the way. Honestly, volunteering was the way. That's what I was going to say, too, coming back to what you said, Rachel, was volunteering. And I know we're already moving to solutions, but um, volunteering is a great way to meet people. Because with volunteering, you're showing up with the same people repeatedly over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so that exposure to each other, you kind of naturally build this bond. Mm -hmm. So volunteering with a group, is, is a great way and Being a friend saying yes friend, to stuff saying yes to things that yes make you to. uncomfortable yeah. that's what it really is yeah, you guys just gotta say out. yes it's gonna be awkward in the beginning keep going mm-hmm. all right so i brought the dsm-5 Ooh, fancy and i have no idea what that is okay so that is the <laughs> it's it's considered the psychologist bible I or the psychiatrist it. bible meaning that this is what psychologists and psychiatrists used to make diagnoses of someone who Mm. might have a disorder. So the DSM-5 is a diagnostic and statistical manual and five meaning it's the fifth edition. It's the latest edition. I'm studying it. I do not go around diagnosing people and things like that, but it does give you an idea of when somebody may be leaning towards um, struggling with a specific disorder. I have so many disorders. Um, <laughs> like for another a lot episode. Of in my life I know. Right now. But really, when it comes to mental health, like I was saying, it, it it's on a spectrum. So we've all struggled with these things on some level. We've all struggled sure. with some level of a depressive episode. We've all struggled with some level of anxiety, of social anxiety. Totally. What makes it really um, critical is when it is impairing your functioning, it is impairing your ability to, you know, show up and do life, it might be impairing your ability to work, to have healthy relationships, and that's when you kind of get more into a diagnosis, especially if it's been going on for most of your life, or uh, more so, according to the manual, six months or more, for more days than not. So, I I just brought it to pull up because I don't like to just throw out things like, okay, this is what social anxiety might look like. This is according to the DSM five, what social anxiety, uh, when it's more serious, some of the symptoms. Let's do it. I'm so excited. (laughs) They're so crazy. You're excited. Okay. So for social anxiety, um, one of the marked fears are, you know, having anxiety about one or more social situations in which the individual is exposed to possible scrutiny by others. Mm-hmm. So that's one marking of social anxiety. Again, we've all struggled with that on some level. 
you know, it's everybody has a usual. fear of judgment and being criticized. Everybody has some, has struggled with some level of that. This is like extreme fear. Um, the individual fears that he or she will act in a way or show anxiety symptoms that will negatively be evaluated. Mm-hmm. The social situations are avoided or endured with intense fear or anxiety. So that avoidance behavior, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. Christina, where you Walked approached away. the church or heard them and you just ran, right? And, yeah. you know, if it's getting to a point where it's like that you can't weird. go anywhere, where you can't go anywhere, mm-hmm. you can't do anything, you can't, wow. you're kind of disabled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the fear or anxiety is out of proportion to the actual threat posed by the social situation and to the sociocultural context. So the fear that you're having is actually much bigger than what the reality of the situation is. For example, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to walk in, you know, people are going to hate me. me. They're, you know, they're going to hate me when they see who I really am. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think something's wrong with me. They're going to pick up on it right away. You know, um. Things like that. Like, it didn't, like, like everybody's going to hate me. Yeah. yeah. You know, but. But then the fear of rejection comes in. If they're just like, hey, and you're like, well, clearly I'm not cool enough. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, that's real. Um, the fear, anxiety, or avoidance is persistent, typically lasting for six months or more, like I mentioned. The fear, anxiety, or avoidance caused causes clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. Mm. Kind of mentioned that earlier. So you have a hard time going to work. You have a hard time yeah. going to, you know, church or social events. Like, you you cannot because the fear is so overwhelming that you are impaired from being able to do any of that. Mm-hmm. The fear, anxiety, or avoidance is not better explained by the symptoms of another mental disorder. So um, we talk a lot about co-occurring disorder disorders, mm-hmm. meaning that, it might be something else, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it's, I don't know, like, I don't know, OCD. And uh-huh. maybe it's like OCD is the real problem. So, you know, it's <laughs> clearly like social anxiety. This part. <laughs> I know, we're like, hold on, I have so many questions. <laughs> so, you guys are so funny. So those are some of the symptoms of social anxiety or having a social phobia. And obviously, like I said, we've all, at some level, yeah. this is in a more extreme level well where it's disabling your life and someone listening my right now might be like this is me this is my life and it's stopping me from being able to do anything and it's so debilitating and isolating because Mm -hmm. the same thing that I need connection is the same thing that I fear and I don't know how to get past that and so social phobia is is real and if you do believe that this is something that you are heavily struggling with I would I would absolutely recommend talking through this and going through this process with a therapist Mm -hmm. Uh, we were talking about having accountability. And I think it's so important to have safe spaces, especially when you struggle with social anxiety, to have the experience of, of people who are your inner circle, who you can be yourself around. Because I found that when I have my inner circle, like you guys, Mm -hmm. and some of some of my other close friends, um, you know, by have you guys giving me the space and freedom to be myself that also empowers me when I go out into the world to have that freedom um not that you guys are my source right that's what I'm saying but But there is something about being able to uh validated exactly about having a, a 
having people that you can grow through that process with that are safe places um, and finding those safe places, whether it is just your therapist starting out. Yeah. And, um, and it might be one of those things that are step-by-step step where there's something called exposure therapy, which means you are exposing yourself little by little mm-hmm. to that thing that you have a phobia for. And as you're moving through that, you're becoming desensitized to the fear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, your first step might be, you know what, today I'm going to try to say hi to five people that I don't know, like the cashier. Mm -hmm. So it's in the DSM-5. So that means that it's real. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Um, Even if fear is is imagined, the feeling is real. And so, you know, we want to talk about how um, how to push through that. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. I loved I loved the part that you were talking about with community because I know even just Christina and I have done this of like right. there are weeks where she has to breathe life into me that I'm just like I'm insecure, I'm emotional, I don't know what I'm feeling, yeah. I need to work out and she's like you are amazing, you are beautiful, you're Wonder Woman 2.0, blah 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 and like yeah. just True. speaks that truth into me and then there the next week I'll be like having a great week and she'll be like I'm so anxious, I need help, blah 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 and I yeah. have to do it and I just I love that and I really yes. think that's what God talks about with the body of Christ yes. and having brothers and sisters in the Lord of that that really is so important. It it is. And then yeah. just totally going like far left with you, which you might be like, Rachel, no. I'm so curious, like what made me think of this is you were talking about these things and, and picking the balance of like, okay, does this just happen every once in a while? And it's just it's a thing of life and being human. How often, because I feel like, and this is a thing within the church, mm-hmm. which all of what you do of like Christianity and mental health and like, cause most people be like, just read the Bible. Jesus does everything. And pray. And yeah. And I'm yeah. not making fun like my family, my father is kind of like that of like, you don't need meds. You don't need all of that. I do think there's truth to both of like, I'm how sorry. do you make the decision of like, okay, no, this really is maybe OCD or something like that. And medication would help. Or, no, this is something that right now the tips we're talking about, like, really putting those to practice of that. Mm-hmm. I think what makes me sad is I do see so many young people today that it's just like, oh, I have a slight problem. Give me a pill and fix it. Nobody wa- is wanting to, like, go right. through the steps and the, the scariness of saying, I'm going to say hi to two people today. Right. And just from me, like, having circumstantial depression years ago after a breakup, the biggest thing I noticed is they did put me on antidepressants. All of these things came up when I got off of them that I was like, I don't think I fully dealt with this Mm. of that. Just kind of your feedback of like, if someone's kind of going in between that, like, okay, is this a serious problem where I need to like maybe get medication or can I, and of course starting with like maybe what we're saying, but like that could like the little tips we're saying, if someone does have a massive problem and then they have like a mental breakdown. Right. Yeah. And I'm totally a believer of, uh, you know, faith and works. Right. And I'm totally a believer of being in the balance. I do believe that there are situations where medication is necessary. For example, if someone's anxiety is so high Mm -hmm. that they're having so many panic attacks that it's debilitating them from the ability to get anywhere, you know, you might need something just to stop the panic, the bodily the bodily reaction right. of the panic attacks so that you can then go and process what's going on mentally. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard to process what's going on psychologically when you're so bombarded with what's going Physical, on physiologically. Totally. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. yes. And I guess it's like you know. asking of like how do like <clears throat> people listening, like if I was someone yeah. listening and I was struggling, like how do I make the decision of do I need to go and get medicine 
or should I try to do these things first? Like, how do you gauge right therapist? I was gonna say yeah, exactly like you do, and you want a quality, obviously, a quality yeah. and competent therapist who is gonna your typically mom is not your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Hi mom. <laughs> Hi mom. Um, who a quality and competent therapist is going to walk you through the goals, and not only that, but is gonna affirm the goals with you and say, you know, does this sound good? Like, yeah. does this sound like what you're struggling with? Does this yeah. sound like a direction that you want to take? And it can be like you know? trial and error. Like it, for exactly, me, yeah. I when I was going through that really hard period, like I wasn't myself. Like right. what feels like myself is being, is like hospitality. Like that's my personality is being like, like the one who welcomes people, sits with new people, you know, but I flipped to the other side for a year and a half. So a long period of time. Because you were de- in depression. I was in severe depression. Yeah. So in that period of time, I had to take medication, like you said, so that I wouldn't have panic attacks like everywhere or so that my emotions could get more in line. Exactly, and then yeah. that I went, I was able to go to church mm-hmm. and I took that one step. But then, you know, actually going to church and then being in the community and connection with people, right. uh, th- that started to heal me. Like God mm-hmm. is really faithful too, where I felt like I just prayed and I was like, God, I really need Christian friends. I really need, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so it was like, okay, go take this step. And it was a multitude of things that helped, exactly. but ultimately yes. now here I am, I'm like not on medication, not saying that, you know, there's any but shame in that, but my, my yeah. progress for me is I'm not on medication and like, I feel more myself and I like have, like I've talked to you about like having de- depressed days, but it doesn't control my life. Yes. Right. And, you know, going back to also what you're saying, because you brought up a, kind of the holistic perspective and what you're yes. saying, Rachel, of, okay, I took a the balance. medication, but I still feel this way. And it's because medication doesn't fix your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Medication doesn't fix your thinking patterns. Mm-hmm. It only helps kind of level you out so that you're not so much in a swing and so bombarded by maybe the chemistry that's going on in your head or the bodily physiological functions that you can't process anything. Mm-hmm. So really what's shown to be most helpful is the medication plus the talk therapy or plus the CBT, yeah. the cognitive behavioral therapy, yes. which works on your thoughts and thought patterns so that, and even going to the root, okay, where is this coming from? Yes. How can we develop some more healthy <clears throat> coping skills? How can we develop some more healthy ways to deal with this trigger mm-hmm. and whatnot um, so that when you come off the medication, you have the tools that you yes. need mm-hmm. to be able to process through that. And so, yeah, it's not just like prescribe a pill, here you go, you're fixed. That doesn't fix your thoughts. And so you want to be working on both. And, you know, I always say we are bio, psycho, spiritual, social beings. So there's multiple aspects going on. And like what Christina did, you address those multiple aspects. And when you're in depression, it's overwhelming, of course, think, oh, I need to do this, 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 and this. Maybe it's one step at a time where you notice, okay, you work on this step in this area, your social life. And then, okay, you worked on this step in this area, your spiritual life. And as you work on one at a time, you know, or they play off of each other. And over time, those small steps add up Mm -hmm. to a big change because you've been building on this foundation until you get to a point where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm on the other side, or I've just, I've managed this way better. Mm -hmm. And so of course, you know, it's not, medication is never a, you know, it's a band-aid, you know what I mean? In a way for now, for some people, they 
it, they need it to help them function because there is some serious chemistry going on, but do all of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like faith, I always say faith without works is dead. Yes. Do the faith, do the works, yeah. you know? And you don't, and like the hope is you don't have to stay, you don't have to stay a victim of social anxiety. Like right. you don't have to stay in the place where you will, you think you're always going to be like that. Like there is a lot yeah. of hope for people who struggle with anything or who have a mental illness in any capacity. And I like to say, like, for me, it's interesting because the joke part was something that I didn't know was fully in me. And that came from this very dark place right. in my life. And people are like, oh, comedy comes from tragedy or pain. But, you know, the Bible says that, like, joy... Of uh, laughter is good medicine mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. he turns your despair into joy yep, like it's yep. very biblical that because yep, laughter it, it really changes it's your whole chemistry mm -hmm. and um anyway so I just want to say like there's hope if, if it feels very dark and scary like God God can really work that into something amazing oh, yeah. and wonderful <clears throat> yeah and I just yeah. want to jump back to what you were saying of like that all the different steps and that you mm -hmm. encourage Brittany of doing it all. Um, because I think it is a little bit of everything. Like I've always tried to be like, Oh, am I holistic or not? Or where do I stand? And I'm like, I'm in the middle. Mm -hmm. I think, you, I think there's a balance. And if there's people that like, for me, I know, you know, my, my father's view is like changed recently. And he, but like back when I was growing up, like it was like, no, you don't need a therapist. Like you just, you work through it and you read your Bible and pray exactly what you're saying of that. And if there's some, like, you then have a view of that it's negative and that there's something That's wrong with you. Stigma. And I'm like, oh, I'm not that bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I did. I struggled with depression as well. And I did all the steps similar to you of like, okay, I know that I need to work out. My hormones are all over the place. But I'm also going to go and talk to a therapist and see if there is some other deep-rooted yeah. stuff. And I just want to encourage people to remind themselves that they have a voice. I think for me, I would avoid that because I felt that they would just be like, you need anxiety pills. You're having, you have depression, which is underlying anxiety, blah, blah, blah. And they would say all these things. And also that I grew up, I'm ADHD. They tried to put me on it in high school. And my dad was like, nah, she just needs to learn discipline. I almost <laughs> failed out of high school. Like I was, dad, I, yeah, I was severely dyslexic, but that affected my, like the ADD affected that. Like I, barely graduated high school and that's why when it was like hey what do you want to do for college I was like I want to act <laughs> there's no math classes <laughs> but I also I had a doctor come to me and was yeah. like you're 18 you can try this now first couple years terrible experience I now I go in and she's like you really should be on a higher dose and I'm like no I want the minimal of the minimal and like I just think we so often forget that we have a say in this like that it is ours and like yeah. my therapist and my person like knows like I do like to take more of a holistic approach and that she'll be like okay if you're struggling with your sleep work out like she's not going to be like you need to be on pills she'll maybe go to that give her the Ambien yeah like yeah. I just think we so often are like <laughs> yeah. oh well they know best and we should just listen to what they say mm -hmm. and they are wiser and you have studied and you know right, but like right. at the same time we have a say and if for me I'm like I just want enough so that I'm not saying things backwards. That I'm functional. <laughs> yeah, like that I, I can speak. I just want enough so I'm functional. And, and then, yeah. Yeah. And 
I do think you yeah. can make the choice to do all of it. And really, you're, with your therapist, it should be a partnership. Yes. I know. We're getting into a whole other conversation <laughs> about the therapeutic relationship. But it should, it should be a, a partnership where you're working together for what fits you. Because when it comes to mental health, there is never a one-size-fits-all blanketed approach because we all have different backgrounds and dynamics. And so, um, so yeah, with social anxiety, it, it's, you know, it's exposure, it's having that safe place and talking through that and having those people who can encourage you. Because saying. just like you, Rachel, I'll have days. And I'll go to, I guess Christina's just our person. Hey, girl. And now, and now, we're gonna, now, we, have a group, now we have a group chat. So we'll yeah. all be each other's person. Yes. Um, and having those friends, those close friends who you can be completely raw with. I think that's yeah. really what it is. Yeah, you need it. those people who you can be completely raw with, who yeah. will accept you yeah. no matter what, who you can say, I am struggling with this so bad. I'm having so much anxiety. These are the insecurities I'm dealing with. This is what I'm thinking. And have the friends yeah. who are like, and we all bring met. it back yeah. to balance and say, wait a minute. Like, no, like, yes, I totally get how you're feeling. I felt this way last week. Exactly. But you look at what you're doing. Like, this is awesome. And this is when I see you do this. This is what yeah. I think. And you have that friend who brings that balance. And it Reminder. gives it re-gives you like that confidence to step out again. Because I don't care where you are in your journey. We all, you like you said, that. Rachel, have insecurities. Yeah. And it's important. I think the game changer is having those people yeah. around you who put you back in the game. Yeah. And, and we, we all met that. in the last year and a half, which is cool. But it which feels gives like forever. Hope, but it I gives, know. It gives so much hope for people that are like, I'll never meet people that I feel accepted with. Or, or I'll I don't never, have friends don't from have third friends grade. From third grade, yeah. Or I moved and I'm in a new place. Like, yes. Yeah, like, I actually, Scott is like so great. I'm of like we became closer through Christina. Yeah, but I met you from your anxiety course. I forget oh, what the anxiety happened, detox. and I've now yeah. like sent it to my sisters and anyone that's like has any underlining. I'm like, you gotta do this course. It like she sends so you an good. email every yes. day. But no, I and I think that's I like messaged so... you. I was just like, thank you so much because I did yeah. come from that. I'm like, I really want yeah. to give an understanding with my family that both are important. Right, both right. are important. Of that, yeah, yes. Christianity. So, Tying into that Christianity, um, we want. I wanted to talk about the dynamic of uh, Christian performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's talked about enough Not because there's one. There's there's already an anxiety anxiety behind showing up and uh, be presenting yourself and whatnot. But then you get into the Christian world, and for some people, that's an an added anxiety because now. You you know you have to be an example. I'm a and pastor's so, kid. I got this one so covered, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so now it's okay. You're a Christian, so now you you know you have this these standards mm-hmm. you know to live by. And again, standards they're not um, chains, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 help us live yeah. up to the call that's on our lives. But still, when you're when you're showing up in that way as a Christian, yeah. now there's this dynamic of which you're superhuman you're superhuman and it's like yeah you're like the humanity is taken out people the humanity is taken out of it and people are expecting you well she's a christian so should she should you be Mm -hmm. saying this should you be touching on this topic or Mm -hmm. what you know or presenting yourself this way or then there's this whole dynamic of how you present yourself as a christian so how balancing the dynamic of showing up for your calling Maybe being an you know someone who's a, a public person, mm-hmm. and well, also just even within fulfilling the church. or within the church, and then yeah. fulfilling also 
I'm Christian, you know, I'm flawed, but your flaws don't disqualify you. Yeah, mm. I think um, what's interesting is in in the Christian world, you're as a Christian, people expect you to be over the hump, and you're like or talk about your testimony. And your testimony is in the past, and then just this is what Jesus did, and now you're like this renewed, perfect person, who and life no is mess. great, and who has yeah. no mess. Yeah. But if we're really honest, I like I did um, some li- a live show, and I talked about depression, and I talked about like two weeks ago having had a panic attack, and I hadn't had one in a long time. And I swear to you, that was the most vulnerable I have felt in a very long time because I felt like. I shouldn't be struggling with this if I'm a Christian and I'm now speaking right. out about things like I should be over the hump. Right. Because if you're struggling with this, then I don't have enough faith or I don't, my testimony yeah. is now about, like, I don't know. If you're it's, still struggling with this. Like, are you really there in your faith? Yeah. But to be nobody doing is there. I know. This is what I'm so yes. like, I, yeah. like. I could talk for hours <laughs> yeah. about this. Nobody. Like, hey, nobody it's like, spoiler alert. Nobody is there. there. Yeah. Nobody has it together. All the way there. And that's <laughs> the problem that like I could just get going on with like our church of that. I'm not saying that we all show up and be basket cases of throwing our junk all over the place, <laughs> but this face or this mask that we put on is like, show up. I have it all together. I'm perfect. And. For me, growing up as a pastor's kid, and for the first half of my life, my father was Baptist. <laughs> so, my outgoing wannabe on Barney personality, which they would call it Sin City, and I'm like, that's not that's Las Vegas, oh not gosh, California, but they would call Barney. it. They called California. I wasn't on to like yes. Oh, that's what my grandpa used to call it. But like, I grew up, and it, there was either the stigma of like that pastors' kids are the worst, which I walked right into. And I did hit a point that after a couple years of rebellion, I struggled with being performance-based. And I was like, well, screw it. I'm failing so bad at trying to be, like, the good Christian girl because I'm trying to find my worth in those things. I eventually said, screw it, and just went off the deep end of rebellion. And, like, it's just – It's hard. Yeah, because then I feel like even after coming out of my rebellion, I was on the road of just recovery and healing and – trying to start over and work on my relationship with God, but exactly what Christina just said, there was so much shame and that I didn't feel because I hadn't arrived. Like, and I will say this is why a Christian community is so important is I didn't really have healthy strong, yes, exactly. And so it was just kind of that if I began, if I was struggling, I was looked down upon. And so it's hard to keep going. And then you're just like, okay, well, what's the point? Cause I'm just failing. And I just really want us as a community of believers to be more open to accepting, but also challenging Right. because nobody has it together. And I struggled. I joked that I was in rebellion for 10 years. It probably was only about like five, but there were so many like, try to get better, fall back. I'm failing. I don't feel accepted by the church and try like the back and forth. Right. Well, and, um, yeah, that's like, thank you for sharing that. Sorry. I don't even know. No, I just kind of like, um, in the Christian world, there's there's become this thing recently that's like Christian celebrity. And like, yes, that's something oh that's a huge thing. We could do an entire other podcast on. But yeah, and um, you know, so so people think that those people now have it all together, and to be the great Christian with the calling and purpose, that's the stature. That's like the goal. But but then you realize 
those people are human just like you or I with the same struggles, yep. the same things, and they're and like we're all trying not we're all, but a lot of us are trying to perform to then like get approval yeah. of something that we don't even need approval from or people we don't need approval from. And that was a big one. For and me. it all it, a lot of it stems from shame. And I think it's like okay, if we let go and get free of the shame, we can just be free to be us and inherently being who we are and who God created us to be is exactly... where our power is. Is where our power is. Meaning like his power in us showing up. Yeah. And we've talked about this, just my own personal struggle, right? So I talk a lot about mental health. And it's so funny because I've been watching a lot of conferences on the mental health and media kind of intersection where therapists are now on, you know, social media and psychiatrists are now on social media. And it's like, okay, where is the, where's the balance? Where's the balance? Because even as uh, someone who talks about mental health, even as, you know, someone who's a therapist or a psychiatrist, just because you're doing those things, just because you're talking about those things doesn't mean that, I never have anxiety. I never have struggled with depressive episodes. I've never struggled with insecurities. Even when you study these things, when it comes to your own issues, mm-hmm. you still struggle. Like it's kind of you can help people Taking with their advice. other things. <laughs> yeah. but like when it comes to you, it's like okay. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm still left with me when anxiety comes, which I still have had episodes of anxiety. You know, the only difference is now I'm like, okay, these are my physical symptoms. This is what's happening. This is what I need to do. You know, I kind of have more of a tool bag now, but that doesn't mean that my human experience with it is gone. And so I for sure don't want people to be looking at my social media or be looking at me and reading my blogs and be like, oh man, she's talking about this anxiety thing and depression thing. And she's got it down. Like Mm -hmm. her mental and emotional state must just be 100 all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is not human and when I talk about you know these things especially the anxiety detox that you were talking about Rachel I I mentioned this in the anxiety detox as well it's like the reason why I'm able to talk about anxiety and depression the reason why I talk about these things are coming many times from a personal place the reason why you read that stuff and you're like oh my gosh this is exactly what I'm struggling with oh my gosh I this is exactly how I feel that's because that's how I felt that's exactly what I struggled with Mm -hmm. and so I am writing it digging from a place of my own struggles yeah and because if I'm struggling with it chances are there are hundreds of other people who are struggling with it too because yeah. nothing is new under the sun. Like the Bible says, we're all human and we have more in common with our struggles than we think that we do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just putting that out there, you know, just because someone's up on stage, it's not like them versus us. It's, it's not like the, like the, like the exactly. It's not like them up there versus us. people on these like platforms and that they're like this yeah. God image or whatever. That, We're all the same. And it is. And that's the biggest yeah. thing of why I say always remind yourself that everyone's insecure. And even if one looks like they have it more together, it's probably just that they have more tools in their tool belt. Or they're they, better at a certain area. showing. Yeah. 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 Or even yeah. if it just like, because I know you and I have met, like we've all met women that were like, oh my gosh, I want to get to that point where like she just, she just has it together. But she may struggle with something else. Yeah. She's just on a different yeah. journey or a different, a little farther along, but it's something she's worked through. And I think we just need to bring each other 
to level. Like I think we just so often put people like influencers and things like that. We were joking, we were like people that do this all the time, they just like come and pull it together and it's like, but they all started somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. If you let all that go and you're like, I'm accepted as I am, yeah. This is all like Jesus is the one who's who needs to be like glorified. You know, if yeah. I let it all go, there's a resting in it. So you're like, there's rest in it. There's rest, and you're yeah. a lot more comfortable to be around. It's just yeah. general, you know. Enjoy being around you because, like, we've all been around, we've all done it, and we've all been around yeah. that person that's just trying so hard. Yeah. And yeah. we might be able to like hide it a little better, but we know when someone's just confident in who they are, and they're yeah. just resting in that. Yeah, it's hard for us. It's it's yeah. it's, it's real, you know. It's real stuff, and and it's hard, and um, especially if you struggle with perfectionism. Um, perfectionism is fear of failure. It's fear of rejection, and all of those things. And it's like just let it, you know, let go of the expectations. Let go of how you are expecting the conversation to go. Let go of, you know, who you need to be in this moment, and just be. be. Just go in. Just talk and. If you do struggle with real social anxiety of not knowing what to say, um, I always say there is no better way to connect with people than asking them questions about themselves. Yes, my dad because right because people love, people to talk love about talking about themselves. So when you go like when I meet someone for the first time, also because I'm like I'm just an inquisitive person yeah. and I want to know, but. Um, if you're someone who struggles, you know, go into it. So like, what are you, what's going on in your life right now? Or tell me more about yourself. Like start there yeah. with the other person asking. What happens is as they're sharing their story and as they're talking they're about connecting. themselves, you notice like you have a, something in common. A yes. lot of times you're like, Oh, like, you know, the, I went through this too, or I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing or I'm working on this too, you know? Uh, and so you'll, you'll find some commonality and then the more that you find commonality, the more comfortable you yes. become. So you can totally lead in with something like that. John Tyson has a book called The Burden is Light, liberating your life from tyranny of performance and success. And I mean, wow. I don't know if you guys have ever had this where you're literally just highlighting the whole book and you're like, <laughs> I should just maybe not highlight because it's just the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That he really does an amazing job of taking faith and then just life and what we hold of just kind of releasing some of that burden and really putting right. it on Christ and going, this isn't in my own strength. This is through you, and I'm going to keep just leaning on you. I love that. There's another book now that we're bringing up books. Sorry, I'm like, am I allowed to just like no, books please, like that? No, please, drop <laughs> the books. Drop the resources. Uh, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. I want to oh, read so that. Good. Daring Greatly is a great book, especially um, it's just all about the vulnerability of showing up and how, you yeah. know, if you're in the arena, you know, there's going to be a vulnerability and sometimes you might fall to the ground and that's where you get the compassion and that's mm. where you get the understanding and that's okay. And also not to be like thrown off by people who aren't in the arena when you are in the arena, because yes. at least you showed up, that's yes. you know, so and, and I have to remember that too. You'll find a lot of times the critics are sitting on the sidelines, yeah. not doing anything, have a bunch to say, yes. but aren't doing anything, you I'm know? Keyboard yes. and exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like, you this know, at so least terrible. you're showing yeah. up at least yeah. you're and you're growing through the showing up yes. and the vulnerability and that Amen, is a part of the girl. process and that's okay. So thank you guys so much thank for you. such, yeah. I couldn't even finish my sentence. Sorry, we just got so excited. We're like, yay, thank you so much for having us. I loved it. Thank you guys.
guys so much for being open to having this real and honest talk with me. This is something I want to do more of. Thanks for just having, having us. honest conversation. Like, I hope it helps someone. Creating a space for us to do this. Like, so appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, girl. I appreciate you guys. Any final remarks for the person who has been struggling with social anxiety, maybe in a debilitating way that has caused them to doubt themselves so much and be so self-consumed, who is obsessed with what other people think about them and is having a hard time getting over that hump where it's been discouraging them completely from showing up for their lives. If you were to just give, you know, your last bit of advice, um, what would you say? First and foremost, sorry, John. No, go. First and foremost, we are praying for you. S3, we have such a heart for you, and you can do it. You can do it with Christ's strength, and you can do it. And I would say, take the first step. Even if it is the littlest, babyest step ever, and you end up taking three steps back, just keep taking the first step. Because before you know it, you'll be 25 steps farther than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'll be across the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, like it's important to remember that you're, you withholding yourself from people is you withholding love and the gift that you are. Yes. And you are such a gift, even if you don't feel like it, and there is nothing wrong with you. We all struggle, and ultimately mm-hmm. God made all of us, and he made you, and taking the little step will be such a blessing for someone else and for you. Yeah, and you're not Amen. alone. That's you're a big not one. You are not alone. Yes. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yay. Got We've got to do this again. I yeah. know. Another time. So I feel like we have so, like so, so many topics. So many topics. That you want off. to go into. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, as always, we're keeping you in our prayers. And uh, until next time. <laughs>